0: Children of the world, parents of the world,
1: this is for you. I'm Rowena. And I'm April. We are best friends and moms to five young athletes and sisters to Olympic champions. We have a mission to inspire our kids and your kids through the stories of champions.
0: Who am I?
2: I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion.
1: You guys, we are so excited to have Nikita here today. Nikita Ducaro, She is a 25-year-old dual citizen, Swiss and American, freestyle BMX rider, although she represents Switzerland when it comes to BMX. She recently won the bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics in BMX freestyle. She also has many other accolades under her belt, including the gold medalist at the Vans Pro Cup in 2020 and the 2021 silver medalist at the UCI Urban World Championships and many more. She grew up in Glen Ellen, California, And has an amazing story on how she overcame severe anxiety to now traveling the world to compete in the sport she loves. Welcome, Nikita. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I would just love to actually go back and have you take us back to childhood. What was that like? And how did you even get involved into um, BMX in the first place?
2: Yeah. So I mean, it was kind of an accident. Um, I didn't really know anybody that rode. I didn't really even know it was a sport, Um, and I was going through a time, I mean, it was it was most of my childhood, but I started to have really bad anxiety and panic attacks, and at the time, I was always very active, I was playing soccer, like, pretty seriously on a travel team and stuff, so it got to a point where I wouldn't leave my house anymore, and I had to quit playing soccer, so when I was not really going anywhere, stuck at my house, I spent a lot of time on YouTube, and I just happened to stumble on some videos, some like BMX videos, and I was thinking, all right, this is something I can do in my front yard, Um, just like flat ground tricks and stuff. And yeah, I pretty much saved up for a bike and just started messing around in my driveway and then immediately fell in love with it. That's kind of an epic story
0: from not wanting to leave your house to like finding something fun to do. And now you're an Olympic medalist. It's crazy. (laughs) Very crazy. When did the dreams start sparking that you, I guess there's more to the story. Like, how did you get out of your driveway?
2: (laughs) Well, that like, it was definitely thanks to my bike because before then it was like, like I was literally terrified to go to the grocery store. Like there was a point where the whole focus of the day was my mom was like, would bring me to the grocery store just to like get me out and like practice, like leaving the house. Um, And it just like little by little, I was wanting to ride my bike so much that I wanted to go try it at the skate park, which was like 10, 15 minutes away. And so then that kind of became the big goal of the day. It was like, get to the skate park. And at this time I'd like stopped going to school. Um, I was doing it like independent study. This was kind of like before online school was really a thing. And yeah, so I just literally like to this day is like, has been the same thing of just using my bike to like push through that fear. And, you know, it went from, using it to get to the skate park that was 10 minutes away to then going to Southern California a couple of years later to go to a contest and then eventually getting on a plane again. So yeah, it's just, I think just having like being so passionate about it, like allowed me to justify the fear that I would go through to, to get to where I needed to go to ride my bike.
1: Wow. That's amazing. So really it, it was the bike that got you out of that, um, kind of crippling anxiety. Did you work with, um, like a therapist as well, or it was just the bike to get, to get out of the house?
2: (laughs) No, I definitely, I mean, when I was younger, I, I worked with different people here and there that like my parents brought me to, and it, that like never really stuck too much. Um, but I think also it was just like, I didn't really understand it myself, but then, I would say when I was about four, maybe a little older, like 15 or 16, I started working with a a sports psychologist that I had seen some other BMXer or had, had made a YouTube video visiting him. Um, and he was in Southern California. I lived in Northern California. And so I reached out to him with my mom and I still work with him now. Um, so he like, at the time I he was like, a sports psychologist, but he ended up just being, like, an overall, like, life coach and stuff for me, and it's been, like, nine years now, I think, that we've been working together, so that also was, like, a big, it was, like, that and the bike that kind of was, like, making steps, like, actually planning out, like, how I was gonna go out and do things and and setting goals and stuff to overcome that.
0: Yeah, such a. It sounds like you did a lot on your own, but it's such a good message out there for anyone struggling. Like you're not alone. Get help. Um, your mom seems like a pretty amazing woman. Was she, you know, to I guess be behind you all the way? But was she the one who was kind of driving this? Like, hey, we need to find a sports psychologist, or was that you?
2: Um, well, that that particular one, I had just found myself, but. Just my whole life growing up, like both my parents were super supportive. It was definitely like at the beginning, it was tough for them because um, when I was younger, it just kind of looked like I was acting out, like if I would refuse to go to school, when in reality, I was like having a panic attack. But Mm. none of us knew that. Um, And so it kind of took a lot of like time to kind of figure out what might be going on and then just... Yeah, I mean, it must have been super hard for them. Just, I wouldn't, I couldn't even go to like a doctor's appointment. So they're like trying to get me help, but then getting me, like, I remember once going to the dentist and the dentist had to come out into the parking lot because I wouldn't get out of the car. So I was definitely very lucky that they were just like along for the ride and and doing whatever they could, even if like we didn't really understand it to just kind of have my back.
1: Wow! What an incredible story. I'm sure that you are such um, an amazing role model and inspiration because um, I'm sure there's so many people that are in in your same shoes. So it's amazing that you have um, shared your story so openly because I know that this is, you know, going to help so many people. Is it something that you still um, deal with on a daily basis or you kind of have pushed through that?
2: No, it's definitely still – it comes and goes. Um, like, right before Olympics, I was, like, on a pretty good roll. I I usually – my mom would always come to, like, every single competition with me, up even up until now. And then I had finally, like, right before Olympics, gone on a trip by myself. So I was, like, feeling good about myself. Like, okay, maybe we're finally, like, breaking through this a little bit. And then right around Thanksgiving, just, like – everything went downhill. I hit like the biggest dip I had since like I was younger and I was here, like living in North Carolina by myself. And I all of a sudden, like again, going to the grocery store would make me have a panic attack. Um, so I had to like call my mom. She flew out for five weeks um, and just kind of helped me get back on track and stuff. But yeah, it's just, it's like, Kind of just comes and goes. Sometimes it'll feel like it's not there, and then other times it'll come back. But I I think it's definitely like a combination of like being older, understanding it more, and then also just like having worked with sports psychologists and and all kinds of different people that are like part of my team has made it like easier ish to handle when it does happen because now. A, I've experienced it already, and then B, now I'm like collecting all these different tools that I can like use when it does happen.
0: Man, this is getting me a little bit teared up. Can we just (laughs) like have a moment to celebrate you for a second? I mean, just the fact that you left your house and uh, like aside from that, you know, but you're an Olympic medalist now. I mean, For those of you who haven't watched an Olympics, let alone like seen what it happens when you become a medalist or even you're competing at the Olympics, like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, like how epic that must have been. Like it's it's hard for introverts, let alone like what you've dealt with your whole life. And the media, like, I mean, let's go to the Olympics actually and, and talk about that moment. And um, I don't know, paint a picture. You know, we have a lot of listeners who are dreaming of being where you are. um, And we talk about visualization a lot. And I think any kind of um, detail you can give to help our listeners kind of imagine like, what was it like? What was it like standing on that podium? (laughs) What was it like competing?
2: (laughs) What came at you? You know, it was pretty crazy. Just obviously, because of all that, as well as just seeing a sport like freestyle BMX in the Olympics, because that's, you know, any of us that started riding, that wasn't like the dream. There wasn't like, oh, one day I'll make it to the Olympics because that it wasn't right. there. Um, so it's definitely interesting when it like got announced and stuff and kind of everything started to change. There started to be more more rules and everything. And then, obviously, like we're gearing up for the Olympics, and they get pushed a year, um, so there's so much like leading up to it, and then I don't know if it was that or what, but like it's when I got there, it was like it wasn't real, and it still doesn't feel like it actually happened. Like it was just, mm-hmm. it was a really cool experience, um, like just being there in the village with, you know, all these other athletes from all different sports. Like usually with with us, we're just at an event with just us and everyone knows each other. And here it was like every single country, every single sport you could imagine. The dining hall was super cool just to like be there with everyone. They had this cool like pin exchange thing where you could like each country had their like special pins and then you could go exchange them with other countries. So that kind of helped like someone like me who like definitely would not go up and start talking to somebody, um, to do that. And yeah, it was just a really like fun environment. Um, the actual like event itself was fun because like, obviously the group, it was a very small group. There's only nine of us competing for the women and nine for the men. Um, so it was, you know, we all knew each other. We've all been kind of, doing this whole journey together and especially on the women's side going from like, there wasn't really much for us. And then the Olympics got announced and there started to be more support for the women through like their federations, their countries. Um, And so things really blew up. Like the progression was insane for us over the past three, four years. Um, And so I just like this one moment that really sticks with me is we were, I don't know if it was on like qualifying day, um, but you know, everyone was definitely a bit tense. Like obviously we're at the Olympics. There's a little bit of, of tension because we're all there for like our specific countries. And so we're all kind of sticking with our, our teams and stuff, um, which is a little bit different for BMX. Cause usually we're just all together, no matter where we're from. Um, and then I just, it was like very quiet on the deck. We're getting ready to like get called out. And one of the girls just kind of brought up like, wow, like we did this together. Like we got ourselves, we got each other here, Um, you know, from the days when there was three of us competing at a world cup to now. um, And yeah, everyone just like relaxed. Everyone was like hugging each other and like, just kind of like that feeling of like we did this and and we did it together. Um, So even though we were there like competing against each other, we all kind of just realized like what was happening. And that was like a really cool moment.
1: Wow. Sounds like an Olympic spirit. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I'm like, so um, I was like in the moment with you for a second. I forgot we were even doing an interview. I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) I would love for you to share actually some of those um, like mind set tricks that have helped you, um, even helped you, you know, compete the way you have. I know that you, you know, what you do is definitely, um, you know, it's not something to take for granted. Right. It's a, um, I I wouldn't, I don't like saying anything like high risk sport, but it's like, you know, it's one of the more, um, extreme sports. And so you have that kind of to deal with. And then also even just like leaving your house kind of stuff to deal with. What kind of mindset stuff do you feel like has really helped you that you feel like, um, maybe some of our listeners can, um, put in their back pocket for if they need them.
2: Um, okay. I'll start with like, just like the daily life stuff. Um, Some things like recently that I've been doing is um, in general, at the end of each day, writing down like three things that I'm grateful for. And then, especially on like bad days, um, writing down three things that went well or three things that I was proud of, even if that's just like, I'm proud that I left the house today. Like, just making sure to write those down. And then also just journaling too, which. Those are kind of like, you know, some people don't like to write a lot. So some, maybe that would be for them to just like write those three things. Other people might prefer to like actually write out the entire day. Um, but I found that all of that and especially like actually writing it, not just like typing it or something is really helpful and kind of calming for like at competitions and stuff. I get really, really nervous before every single competition. It doesn't matter how small or how big it is. Um, And so some things that I'll I'll do before competitions um, is just put my headphones in. So I just block out everything that's going on around me. Breathing exercises, just to kind of like come back to the moment and stop stressing about just the million things that my mind is thinking about. And then obviously just like visualization, um, going over my runs and just, yeah, kind of bringing myself back when everything's like kind of going crazy around me.
0: Hmm. Is that, are those the kind of things you did at the Olympics? Because I, I'd love our listeners to kind of understand your sport. It's one of the sports where you could be the best, but you know, something happens and you're not on the podium. It's not like running or swimming. Um, And I find it so amazing when athletes like yourself actually a clutch and they perform on the day at such big stress events like you did, you know, so much pressure. (laughs) We've heard so many athletes talk about that. The Olympics is such a weird thing that way. Um, But yeah, did you Like, have any moments at the Olympics where things felt too much or were you pretty solid with just using these tools that you just talked about and it all worked out?
2: Um, I mean, I definitely used all of those during the Olympics. There was a couple times – we had a lot of practice days and there was a couple times during practice when I kind of just broke down and had to, like, go down. Like, we were kind of up on a higher level, so just, like, go down and, and just, like, reset and that's something like that. My coach helps me with as well as just like, he'll kind of notice if I'm starting to get like too anxious about everything that's going on and stuff. And so he just like makes me take a walk basically like leave, leave the situation, go take a walk, reset, come back fresh. Um, and yeah, I think actually on finals day, I was like the least nervous. I'm usually more nervous on qualifying day. Um, I think just because it's like the first like time that we're taking everything that we've been working on in practice and like seeing if it works. But yeah, I think usually once I'm like up on the deck, pretty much like staged to drop in, um, my heart rate's usually like 160, um, just standing there. And at that at that moment, the only thing I can do is just like keep breathing like reminding myself to breathe and then also just like thinking about like having fun. Cause that's at the end of the day, that's what I'm there to do. Um, and sometimes it's like easy to forget that. Um, when, when, you know, you're at a huge event or you're just kind of in training mode and stuff. So just, yeah. Reminding myself, like I'm out here with all my friends, getting to do what I love and that kind of usually, helps me relax a lot more. And obviously when I'm relaxed, then I ride better. So,
1: yeah. Um, I love it. It's, uh, it's so cool to hear how, how well that's worked for you. And, And like Roe said, just that you, that you can be in those moments and be present and not, you know, worry so much about everything else else that's going on, which is exactly why you did what you did. So so bring us to the uh, award. Okay, now bring us to the award ceremony. Tell us what it was like to um, stand on that podium and hear a national anthem and, you know, all the uh, feelings. <laughs>
2: it, it was very warm. Um, <laughs> we were, like, waiting in this <laughs> tent beforehand for, like, probably 30 minutes and just, like, drenched in sweat because we had to wear, like, the tracksuits. Um, so it was, I just remember being so hot and then we walked out there and yeah, I think, I think once we, once we like got up on the stage and then like they raised the flags and, um, even like they played, obviously it's just the, the British national anthem. Um, but even just like hearing that, like definitely started to get all emotional. Like, I think it started to hit a little bit, um, And then we had that like one moment of peace and quiet and then just like chaos. Like they just like whisked us away to do media and like it was like nonstop. And we actually flew out at 4 a.m. the next morning. So we spent the whole rest of that day um, doing like interview after interview um, and then just went back to pack. So there wasn't, like, a lot of time to process it. Um, wow. And then when we landed in Zurich, there was, like, this whole, like, welcome party waiting and, like, press press thing. So it was pretty insane. So fun. Okay,
0: show yeah. us the medal. I know you got it somewhere.
2: <laughs> in your pocket, right? <laughs> always in my pocket. And no, it's actually very heavy. Yeah, look at Let's that. I can-
0: Love it oh um okay listeners take some of those details and add some of those details into your visualizations they were great um yeah so good also I I'd love you to talk a little bit about what it feels like or what it's like to be on the Red Bull team you know I have kids in extreme sports and literally every single one of them's like yeah I want to be on the Red Bull team one day so I would love them to hear like what does it mean what's it like you know what kind of um support do you get yeah talk us through that
2: yeah that's amazing um same with me like it was always the dream I had like a little sticky note on my lamp for years that was just said like Red Bull like that's that's what I wanted um and there wasn't any freestyle girls on Red Bull yet until like 2020 So I had, like, started talking with them in Switzerland a little bit, like, years ago. And, you know, the women's side was still pretty small. We didn't have a lot of events and stuff, but I just kind of stayed in contact. And then um, the first girl from Germany got on in 2020. And then shortly after, these two twins in Colombia got on. And then I was the fourth girl I got on in last January. But, yeah, it's unreal, like, just to walk past the mirror and like see the hat and be like, Oh crap. Like I'm wearing a Red Bull hat. Um, and <laughs> the, the level of support is really cool. Like I actually just got back from LA, which was the first time I'd gone to like the headquarters and stuff just with COVID and everything. And so I got to do like testing with them in the gym. And then we actually had an event, um, with other Red Bull athletes that was, um, like partnered with my platform mind tricks, and we kind of just got together and talked about mental health as a, as like a group of athletes, which was really incredible. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's like everything that I imagined and so much more, like, I feel like anything that you would need as an athlete to be better, they'll try to make happen. You know, everything from nutritionists, trainers, psychologists, everything on like the performance side, but then also projects and and everything like it's definitely really it's unreal oh so good
0: Con- I love that Congratulations. you with your
1: mind tricks yeah so, seriously. so cool yeah actually talk about that you mentioned your platform mind tricks <laughs> tell the listeners about that
2: yeah so I started it um because I was I was posting some things on my own Instagram just to kind of be more transparent like you know i always post the podium shots and everything and I wanted to show like what was going on behind the scenes, like the, the bad days and the the times when I thought like I wasn't going to be able to keep going. And my friend came to me and said like, why don't we make something where other athletes can share as well and kind of just um, encourage them to talk about it. So we created the page for now. It's, that's all it is. It's just the page um, and kind of just, collecting different stories from different athletes to show if they're like professional athletes to show their fans, like that even these like high profile athletes that seem to have everything going for them deal with the same stuff. Um, And then also just to encourage everyone to be more open, sharing about it, um, talking about it, asking for help. Um, And then, yeah, like this, this past weekend we were able to do the event with, with Red Bull, which was so incredible, just getting like this group of top athletes together and just like all of us kind of realized like how much we have in common, like how much of the same stuff we go through. Um, so that was like really special and, and hopefully like this was like on a smaller scale. And, and I think, um, hopefully in the future it can, we can do more, more events with mind tricks that are like open to to more people and, and like get get kids on bikes and kind of tie the two things together. So kind of opened up some doors mm-hmm. and we'll kind of see where it goes from there.
0: I love this vision, you know, this um turning your pain into purpose and helping others, giving back. That's uh, We're finding that a lot in the champions we listen to, um, which leads me to actually that question. What does – a champion like that word or to be a champion what does that mean to you I think
2: it means just to to keep going like through everything but also to know when you need to rest and when you need to ask for help um, because none of us can do it alone so just like kind of the cliche thing of like keep getting back up no matter how many times you get knocked down but also like understand that it's okay when you need to ask for outside help
1: I love it is that kind of um similar along the lines of um like what you would say to your 10 year old self like if you had to go back and 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 talk to you to yourself as a 10 year old
2: yeah I think I would probably just tell myself that like it's just a moment like what i'm going through is just a moment and it's not going to stay the same it's not going to stay that way forever so just keep pushing through and it'll you know there's always going to be up and ups and downs but it will get better
0: yeah love it um is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners that would be of value that we haven't talked about i feel like you've got this like wealth of wisdom in your young soul (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh we actually had um, we actually had a little BMXer from Utah. Her name's Kier, and she yeah. sent me a bunch of questions that she wanted me to ask you, and you literally answered all of them without me asking them. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, she, our she's our awesome. young ones her. are going to get, yeah, you know her right? Yeah, she's yeah. amazing. Um, well, gosh, thank you so much. You're you're a true inspiration. This. Um, journey of overcoming of vulnerability of it's like you've got this humility but this confidence that's grown through your journey and i am so honored seriously thank you for
2: sharing with us thank Um, you i'm super happy we could i could come on
1: can you um tell the listeners where they can find you and kind of talk maybe just real quick about like what what's your what you're working towards now
2: yeah um probably the best place is instagram um it's my name, Um And, yeah, I think right now I'm kind of just working towards, like, getting back in the routine after Tokyo um, and then preparing for, like, 2022 and all the World Cups and stuff. So just I'm excited just the, the level of progression that women's BMX has taken. This is a little scary. Um, but also just very exciting to see like where we've been able to push it and, and just kind of what's to come.
1: Hmm. Well, how cool to be a pioneer really in your sport and to see, and to be part of that progression. That's um, so cool I'm sure you're in posters all over so many people's rooms already so that's really exciting
0: <laughs> oh yeah thanks for letting us share your story I feel I've loved watching you and now it's even more meaningful knowing the person behind this so oh, ah, thank you we're happy to Appreciate share you and yeah we'll be cheering
1: thank you